I was in Indiana in a hotel room, and uh, the quick version is, I kept asking the Lord this question. Lord, what do you want me to do here? What do you want me to do now? How do I do this? How do I do that? And the Lord said, uh, said to me, he said, wait a second, time out. He said, uh, you keep asking me, what do I need to do? He said, listen to your question. And when I kind of replayed all my questions back, it had a whole bunch of I in it, you know, a bunch of I. And he said, that's not a bad question. I wish more people would ask me those questions on a regular basis. But he said, let me show you a better way. Let me show you a more biblical way and a more streamlined way. In other words, I was kind of going through life like one step, all right, what do I do now? One step, okay, what do I do now? Let, turn left, okay, go right. You know, I was kind of like robot, you know, and um, the Lord was saying, it's not bad because most people don't ever, what he was saying is a lot of people never consult me on what to do, and I wish that they would. And he said, but let me show you a better way. And he said this to me. He said, if you'll get your uh, relationship right. Now, later on, he'd used that terminology with me at that time because I understood it to be fellowship. And fellowship and relationships different. Um, just real quickly, I'll never stop being Luke's father, right? I am your father, Luke. Um, I'll never stop being Luke's father. But that doesn't mean that we hang out together. So he'll always be my son. I'll always be his father. But it doesn't mean that we hang out together. Fellowship is an intimacy. And so what he was saying to me was, if you'll get your fellowship right with me, your intimacy right with me, he said... uh, then I'll show you what to do, when to do, and how to do it. And instead of being so disjointed, take one step, stop, take one step, stop, you'll learn how to just go and flow. And you'll flow with me. And you won't be stopped by having to stop and hear every time. There'll be the inward witness of the Holy Ghost that will flow in that way. And so I had learned enough and I was mature enough at that moment to say this and ask this question, praise God, for him helping me grow. And uh, he, I asked him this question. I said, okay, I have an idea what fellowship means to me, right? I have an idea what fellowship means to me. But what does fellowship mean to you? What does it mean to you? Yep. Good question. <laughs> and uh, it was funny. He gave me three scriptures. I didn't know what those scriptures said, but I immediately went to look them up. And all of them had to deal with this. Here's what it was. Spirit-led word, spirit-led prayer, and spirit-led worship. In other words, if I would allow the Holy Ghost to lead my prayer, lead my worship, and lead my study in the word, I would be walking in what God said was fellowship with him. And I would flow with him. You know, when we, the reason I bring that up is... I was going to tell you, I was going to come out here and tell you, oh, there's such a sweet presence here today. It's something special today. It's, you can just feel it, but I don't have to tell you. It, it, you know it. It was obvious. <laughs> Colleen said, she walked up to me months ago. She said, I don't cry. I was like, well, I was thinking. I didn't tell her this then. I said, 
I was thinking, I was thinking then, give it time. <laughs> so she walked up to me and she goes, I don't cry, I'm crying. I'm like, I know, I am too, I am too. She was like, I don't cry, I don't know what to, I was like, it's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost. That's his presence, that's his love pouring out, you know. But the reason I say that is, when we come to worship him, we're not just coming to hear preaching. We're not coming just to worship. We're also coming, we're allowing intimacy to him is spirit-led prayer, spirit-led word, and spirit-led worship. And what we just had, we had prayer already this morning. We prayed some, prayed some even in this service already. And we're going to have spirit-led word, right? But we, that was spirit-led worship. That was the spirit just weaving that worship together. And, and when the presence of God is on it, you do cry, you know. And maybe not everybody does, but you'll have your day. Just wait. Just hang out. <laughs> just hang out. It'll happen. It'll happen. The Lord starts to take our stony heart, and he starts to break the crust off of it. <laughs> he renews us. He restores us. He sets us back fresh. Oh. God's so good. God's so good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, man. I hope you aren't in a hurry. <laughs> well, you know, the, that's part of the issue. We're going to talk about it some today. It's part of the issue is that people have been in such a hurry to go do fleshly things, they miss the Holy Ghost. I was telling somebody uh, the other day, there's a book that I read, and it was talking about the Lord sent an angel to this guy to show him some things, and this angel took him to three different scenarios, and one was a lady standing at her sink washing dishes, and the angel and this guy come in, and this, you know, from my understanding, the way he wrote it, this actually was something that happened. This wasn't just a parable. They came into this house. They were moving by the Spirit. They come into this house and this angel showing, angel sent by God showing this guy something. And uh, um, anyway, they pop into this house and this lady's washing dishes and all of a sudden she goes, like, you know, you get that sense, like, uh, something just happened. What is that? I don't know what that is. So she stops washing dishes and she looks around. <coughs> And the angel says to the guy, and he says this, he says, he says, this lady's been praying something, maybe for a family or something, I forget what she was praying for, but she's been praying for something. The Lord has sent me here to give her the answers. Sent me here to give her the answers. And then all of a sudden the lady goes, and goes back to washing dishes. And, then the, and the angel says, but I can't tell her because she doesn't, she is not spiritually aware enough to stop what she's doing. And they had to go. He said, I'm here with the answer she's been praying for. But they didn't stop. She didn't stop long enough. They went to another place and they pop into this house. Boom. And there's a businessman sitting in his chair and he's reading like the stock articles in the newspaper. It's written a while back. And he's reading over all these stock sheets. And... Uh, he, he says, we're here because this businessman has been asking 
the Lord for direction for his business and he's been asking for answers and what to do and how to do it. I'm here to deliver a message and what to do from the Lord and you get to see this. The businessman puts his paper down. He recognizes something happened. He looks around and goes back to reading his paper. He said, I can't deliver the message because he didn't stop long enough in the physical, in the spirit. He didn't stop long enough in spiritual matters from, he didn't stop the physical to attend the spiritual. In the spiritual things, he overlooked them. I can't give him the message. I've got his answers. This is, I'm here to deliver the message. I'm here to deliver the message. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. How many times have we had the answer and we've not been in the place, you know, just, just even last week, last week, and I, somebody was telling me a story about how even during Boom Revival, the Lord kept speaking to their heart in the in inward witness. They got themselves in the revival under the anointing. They got themselves under the anointing and under the anointing, all of a sudden, uh, the Lord kept dropping in this idea that seemed nuts. And even last week, while I'm ministering, all right, all of a sudden, that same idea comes popping back. I said, that's the Lord. That's how he speaks to us in the inward witness while you're under the anointing like that. But you've got to be in the right place. So a lot of times people are sitting at home and they're not here where the impartation happens and they don't realize my answer sitting there at the altar is being preached right now. Not necessarily the words that Pastor Brian says, but the anointing that's packaged with it and it brings the answer that you need. But people don't recognize it. They, oh, well, I won't go today, stuff like that. And they don't realize they're missing all the answers that God has for them. He goes to, they go to one other house, I think it was a pastor, and uh, the pastor's sitting there in his study, and all of a sudden, you know, we have, we have biblical response of this. You remember, you remember when Samuel was a boy, and all of a sudden, uh, the Lord speaks to him, Samuel, and the, the priest, the priest doesn't even recognize what's going on. The Lord speaks to him. He goes to the high priest and says, hey, did you call me? No, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. The Lord speaks to him again. He goes back to the high priest, Eli. He says, he says did you call me? No, I didn't call you. And uh, he realizes what it is. He said, oh, the Lord's trying to talk to him. He's a high priest. He should know. He should know what was going on. He says, the next time say, yes, Lord. Speak, yes, Lord. So he speaks to him again. He says, yes, Lord. And the Lord gives him the message that he has for him well here's this pastor he's praying he said he's praying about his church he's praying for answers he said we're here to deliver the message they come into the house and the minister uh basically stops and if i remember correctly he says yes lord and he says and about that time the lord starts writing those answers on this spirit boom 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 boom, boom and he receives we've got to learn how to put physical life on pause while we handle spiritual issues and that's what we were doing this morning that's what we that's what we were doing is we're saying oh now look everything i can say in english god can handle it just like that in one moment of that kind of worship that kind of ministry to the lord he can handle it all right there because we're not talking about a physical logical thing 
uh, uh, you know, this is a spiritual word, but the words written on this on here in English, many times we're looking at them from a logical standpoint, not a spiritual standpoint. And God can actually solve so many things in the spirit. And he's not looking just to pass logic. He's got a spiritual package to pass on to you. And it can be handled right there while we're singing in the spirit, while we're pray, praising God. All of a sudden, ideas can come. Things can start popping in. And, and you get the, the vision that God has for you. Most of all the vision that I've ever received is while I've been in a service. I mean, I've had, I have things outside of a service too, but a large portion of it comes. Just while I'm sitting there like you are in somebody else's service and the anointing's flowing, I can remember many times uh, Jerry Savelle, he's one of them. Golly, it's like every time he talks, the Lord starts talking to me. I'm like, Lord, I'm trying to pay attention to him preaching. And the Lord's talking to me over here. I don't know what it is. I don't know why him, but I pay attention to it. I like getting in his meetings because I start hearing from the Lord. I start getting plans. Things start, I start writing things down because the Lord just starts talking to me. It, it's good to see that and know that it flows under the anointing. And the more we get spiritually tuned in to him, the more that will flow. He's actually looking to talk to you all the time. He's always broadcasting. He's always broadcasting. We're just not trained to tune in to his station. But when we learn how to slow down and we learn how to, okay, hold up. All right, pastor's got a tithes and offerings message and he's got another message, but what's more important? Oh, Lord, I, I, that'll be good and you'll be speaking through him, but we can put that on hold right now while the Holy Ghost is moving. We can put that on hold. Lunch can wait. Blue Bay will still be there. Pancho Villa, it'll still be there. I need Jesus. I need answers. I need solutions. Not just for myself. You might be doing awesome. You need solutions for other people around you. You know, what I'm praying for all week is not just solutions. I mean, we need Nicole and I need solutions all the time. But we don't, we're not just praying for solutions for us. I'm praying for solutions for you. I'm praying that you know what to do in business, that you know what to do in your family, that your bodies are well and healed and whole. And That's not just the pastor's job. That's the body of Christ's job, to carry that kind of stuff. So that when you go into the bank and the person you know in front of you is dealing with something and they say, you know what, will you pray for me? I sure will. And all of a sudden you start praying and the power of God, boom, hits them. And their life has a solution because you were carrying it because you gave yourself to the flow of the Holy Ghost and weren't going, I wish we'd quit this stuff and move on into the message. The Holy Ghost, in Him we live and move and have our being. Not in our plans, in Him, in Him. Many of you have told me, it's like, man, you weren't going to preach that, but then you ended up preaching that, and you were talking directly to me. I needed that today. Well, if I'd have stuck with what I was planning, you wouldn't have gotten that. You wouldn't have gotten it. And Mark and Amy's like, quit getting it. We're talking on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night at the house all day, and you get up and you preach it all, everything we've been talking about. Well, glory to God. Jesus knows. I don't know. I didn't even know that was true until you told me, but glory. Amen. 
Amen. Sometimes we've got to learn how to slow down, wait on him. That doesn't mean we slow down in fruit. That means that when we slow down in relationship, we'll produce more fruit. We'll speed up in fruit. Slow down in a physical sense in our relationship time with him and give him the time and our fruit will increase. Winning souls, revelation, and the power of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, that was a free message. Glory. So, just to go over a few things that are happening in the next couple weeks. Uh, do we have those ready? Where's Georgia? Huh? Oh. I wonder if we all yelled George at the same time, if he could hear us wherever he's at. There he is. Oh, sh- don't tell him. <laughs> this is the biggest thing going on right now. One of the biggest things. We got a bunch of big things always happening. But this is a big, this is a big event coming up. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. It's going to be special. Y'all better sing that song. Christmas Eve, amen. Christmas Eve, 5 to 6 p.m. We've got these tickets you can hand out. Uh, give each adult at least like, that's about 20 tickets. Give them 20 tickets. I want you to give them all out this week. Just, I don't care who you give them to, just make sure that you personally invite them, okay? Personally invite them. Get these tickets out there. I'm going to have more for you next week. Invite people. Get them, get them ready to go. Make sure you give them all out. Don't bring them back next week now. Don't bring them back. Don't you bring them back. Like here, I, I, I didn't use all my. No, 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 no. Give them out. If you got to, you know, uh, stand at the intersection down there below Walmart at the light and hand them to people. We've done it. Yeah. Yeah. Give them to them. Tell them they're invited. Now, you'll notice one side says you're invited, so always point that out to them. You're invited. And then, of course, on your phone, they can snap that little QR code, and it'll take them right to the Facebook event. And, uh, but, yeah, every adult, every teenager, basically if you're in here and not in Super Kids, Give them, give them, give them, give them out. Invite people. This is a time where people will come, and if you'll invite them personally, many people will come. And we just want to worship with them. We want to show them the love of God. And uh, one of the biggest things I heard about coming out of Boom Fest and Boom Revival is from people that were visiting. I've never had a church love on me like that. I've never seen it. I've heard that probably ten times uh, just in the last couple of weeks. So uh, y'all do a good job of that. Keep it up. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo. Was, was that practice or something? Everybody was like, glory to God. I was like, man, jazz hands. What would y'all do before I walked out? <laughs> Is that Nicole's joke today or something? Jazz hands. You didn't tell a joke today, did you? Man, all right. That was special. Anyway, all right. And listen, so this Wednesday, this Wednesday at noon, you know we do the What's Right broadcast, and uh, I don't see enough of y'all on there. Take your Wednesday 
go, go, go through Taco Bell or whatever and sit in your car and, and watch online. It's fun. We laugh a lot. But anyway, this Wednesday, we're having a big Christmas party on the live broadcast. We're going to give away prizes like every 15 minutes. Uh, ugly sweater contest. Take a picture in your ugly sweater, you know, you can jazz hands if you want. And then send it in to What's Right, and we're going to show them on there, and then we'll vote and give a prize to that. Amen? So that'll be this Wednesday. <laughs> that'll be this Wednesday at uh, noon. And then watch for those daily encouragements I'm sending out. Most of them are under three minutes. Uh, I missed Friday's five this time, but uh, Friday was wide open. Woo! I was glad to go to sleep on Friday. Golly, it was a day. And uh, But yesterday, Saturday seconds, I made it in 59 seconds. I did not hit a minute. Glory to God. That's a miracle in itself. Because George was there, he kept me in line. And uh, so anyway, um, <laughs> he's smiling. We got that. Uh, let's see. Man, I'm so bad at announcements. Huh? <laughs> I, I can't eat. Like, I'm looking. The, I might be drunk in the Holy Ghost. I can't even. I'm having a hard time reading it. Here, do, do something. Tell them, tell them what they need to know so I can get into the messages. Awesome. <laughs> um, Man. Truth Talk is going to be Friday at 3 p.m., so to not log on. Y'all, you hop on and watch us. We have fun, and it's awesome. That's at 3 at Friday, and that's literally the end of the announcements. Like, there's, there's no more. Corporate prayer happens at 6 a.m. and at noon, and I'd like to see y'all at that, too. Amen. Come hang out at 6 a.m. and at noon. Impact yep. you is cool. It's good. It's awesome. It starts the spring <laughs> starts intake. The spring. That's good. And if you are a current Impact You student and you bring somebody, like you know somebody and they sign up for Impact, then you get what, a month paid yeah, free or free a tuition course? For a month. A month. So yeah. sign Glory up. to God. Yeah, Impact, we're taking new students starting January. What's the first day in January? Eight. Eight. January 8th, we take in new students, spring intake. It's going to be awesome. How, hey, Impact students, how did you like it this Tuesday? Awesome. It was pretty cool. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost poured out. <laughs> Holy Ghost poured out. It was powerful. Amen. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like it. Y'all can do that all you want. Glory to God. People online are like, what is going on there? Got to be here. Amen. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's making my day. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Uh, Nicole, come give Nicole a mic and then come here real quick. We're going to do the offering. We're going to try to do the offering. How many people, you know, last week, Last week or the week before, I was trying to remember which one it was. How many people, uh, the last week or the week before, I said 
let supernatural money come in, money that was unexpected from, from sources you weren't expecting, right? I don't know if you remember that, and I don't remember if it was last week or the week before, but I said it, let it happen, let it happen now. How many people received unexpected money in the last couple of weeks? Look at that, look at that. I mean, unexpected money coming in, that's bigger than what I thought it was. I knew of about five. Even the church, we had corporations. Kevin said twice. Yeah, twice. Amen. We had corporations call us and basically say, hey, we're, we're just, we had, uh, we had sent them a check. They said, we're not even going to cash the check. Here's $600. Glory to God. Amen. He, not just people, the church too. I was like, praise God. And then another 400 in something else. Somebody just gave us. It was awesome. So praise God. So what I want you to do is quickly tell what the Lord's been saying uh, to you. Me. I'm quick. Tell you about these messages, what you told me yesterday at lunch. Okay, so for the last week, I've been hearing violence increase. And I've just been meditating on it, praying over it. And violent increase. And Thursday and Friday, I was just pressing into prayer because he would bring it up like times when I wasn't even thinking about finances or anything else. And he, he kept it on the forefront of my heart and was having me pray through it. And on Thursday and Friday, he was showing me that we've, he was showing me a dam and maybe because I work at dams, I don't know, but he was showing me a dam and he said, you've had a trickle. And like, if you've ever seen a dam, most every dam, there's going to be a trickle of water somewhere, you know, and said, you've had a trickle. He said, but get prepared. A violent increase is coming and it's going to be a gusher. And if you've ever seen a break in a dam, you know, it may start as a crack and it may be just a few drops of water and then just kind of a spray of water. But then it breaks through, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. And, I mean, and that's what he was showing me was just a violent increase. And I was praying on it, and he was saying that what pastor has been doing in tithes and offerings, you know, we hear it as tithes and offerings and think, okay, great, he's just teaching us on tithes and offerings. But God said no. Much like, I don't, some, you know, I don't know if y'all remember, but when pastor started increasing the... Um, the daily, uh, what's the word? The, the daily um, confessions. I had to think. The daily confessions. You know, pastor's got the daily confessions that we do. And when he added healing to that, that we walk in divine healing and carry a manifestation for health and healing, like three-fourths of the church came that Sunday going, <coughs> You know, I mean, half the church sounded like they were dying. And God said, press in. You know, we hit a nerve. The enemy didn't like it. And God said, much like when Pastor did that with healing, the church, you know, started coughing. We just had to press through because we had pushed a button. What he's been teaching on tithes and offerings is the same way. God said, I'm using this to break a stronghold. He said, and it's not just going to be in finances. Finances is the least of these. He said, when the body of boomerang gets a hold of what pastor is teaching in the tithes and offerings, they're going to be strongholds broken that have been holding us back in every area of our lives. He said, so the violent increase isn't just finances. The violent increase is my blessing. Yeah. 
So right. you be declaring violent increase in my life. And you can't get a violent increase just by a dollar in your pocket in the dryer. That's not violent. Violence, you know, I can go up and walk past somebody and just happen to do this. And they'll just think I bumped them. But if I go up to Chelsea and I'm like, bam, and I smack her, she's going to know I purposefully smacked her, you know. Well, God's going to purposefully increase us. And it's not just going to be an accidental or coincidental yeah. increase. It's going to shake our foundation. People are going to look and go, what is going on with you? Why are you increasing like this? Amen. Thank Done. you. You know, the, several weeks ago, the Lord said, I want you to teach on the basics of giving and receiving. And understand, it's not just giving, it's receiving as well. They go together. They always go hand in hand. When the Lord talks about it, he talks about them. They always go hand in hand, giving and receiving. And uh, he said, I want you to talk about the basics of it. I want you to talk about what tithe is. I want you to talk about what offering is and how to flow in that. Not just a stutter step, but a flow in your finances. And I want to show you a little bit why. She mentioned a verse, uh, Luke 16 and verse 10. Luke 16 and verse 10. And this is the reason why we should get excited with tithes and offering and giving. And uh, we're going to read uh, verse 10 through 12. And it says this, He who is faithful in... A very little thing. Now, if you read this passage, the whole passage is talking about money. It's talking about, uh, it'll define it as unrighteous wealth. In other words, uh, money in the world is unrighteous. The whole thing's talking about money. But it says, he who is faithful in a little thing. So he says, money is a little thing. In God's eyes, it's a little thing. But now watch, that's going to become important in a second. He says, he who is faithful in a very little thing, actually it says very little, is faithful also in much, and he who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much. Now, this is one of the things that you see is that you'll hear people say, well, I just don't have a lot, but if I had a million dollars, I would give it. No, you wouldn't because you won't do it with the ten. And that's this principle. And, and you're not, you know, either you're telling me the truth or God's telling me the truth. No, if you're not faithful with ten, you're not going to be faithful with a million. You think that generosity is just going to jump on you? I can tell you from experience, when those checks start to get larger, your flesh rises up stronger. You know, it's like, ooh. You know, and many people have been blessed by God because they did things right. And then they get up to the point where they're bringing home a half million dollar check. And it's a lot harder to let go of that tide check for 50000 you see. And if they won't do it with, with the 50000 they won't do it with the 500000 That's that principle right there. But I want you to see that when it talks about finances, it says a very little thing. Next verse. Therefore... If you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? Who will entrust the true riches of the kingdom? Uh, hear this. 
if you have not gotten on top of finances, that's an unrighteous thing, how will God pour out the true riches of the kingdom to you? Now, can you see that if I don't learn to do what I need to do with my money and know and understand giving and receiving in the kingdom of God, I'm not going to flow in the anointing. I'm not going to flow in the power. I'm not going to flow in revelation like I should. God can't give me true riches if I can't get uh, through on what he calls this very little thing. But here's the thing. Now read the next one. And if you have not been faithful in the use of that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? So if God says, remember in Malachi, it says you've robbed me in tithes and offerings. In other words, I've taken that, hear this, which is God's and robbed him of it. So if I have not handled well his, then how will he give me my own? So many, many, many people are sitting there with lack in their life because they've not handled the tithe right. They've not handled offering right. They've not handled what is God's well. And so because they haven't handled what is God's, God can't give them their own. His own word is standing in the way of them, not because he wants it to be that way, but because they have decided this is how I'm going to do it. I'm not giving my tithe. I'm not giving my offering. And God basically says this, if you'll learn how to get right in your tithes and offerings, I'll not only pour out the riches of heaven financially into your life, I'll pour out the true riches of heaven in your life. Well, when you see this, when Jesus is saying this very little thing, Jesus is saying this, when he's saying this very little thing, you start to understand the tithes and offerings, money is like Christianity 101. And if you can't pass 101, you don't go to 201. But watch what happens in the church. You go almost into any church and you start talking about tithes and offerings. Remember that one church I said, it's tithes and offerings time. The church goes, yay! You know, there's tithes and offerings time. And and they're excited about it. Why? Because they know this principle. They've been taught on this principle. But many churches, you go and start talking about money. And I mean, you could have just been everybody joyful and laughing. And, and oh, it's such a precious thing. And, and all right, it's tithes and offerings time. And everybody's like, mm. they get quiet. You ever, you might not have experienced this like a preacher does. But sometimes when you walk out here, we had this a few weeks ago, which is why I had to deal with it. You were under attack this way. But I walked out, I said, hey, good morning. And I started giving you the word of God, and it just bounced right off of you and hit me back. And I was like, all righty, well, okay, let's deal with that. (laughs) And uh, I'm not preaching what I was going to be preaching. We're preaching on that because we're going to break that attack, right? That's the way it is almost every time when you talk about... uh, Tithes and offerings and money in different places. People immediately shut down, turn off their mind, and all they want to do is get through that moment. If you're online, you watch any preachers online, when they're like on Facebook or something, they come to the time where they take donations, and immediately the the numbers start dropping. Bing, 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 bing. Everybody gets quiet. Oh, thank you so much for that word, but I'll see you later. I'm not going to give you anything for it. 
and they don't have victory in this very little thing, and that's the reason why they can't go to the true riches in the kingdom. How important is it for us to get on top of the tithes and offerings, the very little thing, Christianity 101, because without that, you don't get to the place where you just speak to that sickness and it goes. How can you cast a devil out of your, out of your child's uh, that's attacking him or her? How can you cast that devil out of your house if you won't even cast greed off of what's in your hand? You can't. You think you're going to walk in power over that demonic force if you can't walk in power over that dollar bill? It don't work like that. And that's why he says, you need to understand this very little thing. And, but I want you to see that once we get this, God says, look, if you can get on top of this, if you can get on top of tithes and offering this very little thing, he says, I, he's making you a promise, I'll get true riches to you. I'll get the power of God. I'll get the authority of God. I'll get healing flowing through you. I'll get these things flowing through you. This is, this is how it works. This is kingdom laws. Jesus, these letters are in red. This is not something just made up that preachers made up. No, it's not got to do with that. It's got to do with Jesus. And you might like it in the flesh. You might not, or in the flesh, you're not generally going to like it. But in your spirit, you might like it. In the flesh, you might not. But that doesn't change the truth that will set you free if you'll continue in it, if you'll give yourself to it. So you go from there, you look at Malachi 3 where it says you're robbing me in tithes and offerings. Notice there that you're, you're, we're robbing not just in tithes. The tithe is his, it's not mine. It's not mine. The tithe is his. But we're also robbing in offerings. That means, hear this, God's going to be speaking to you. What is an offering? Now, an offering is anything over and above the tithe that's given to the kingdom of God. An offering is anything that's over and above that tithe. Now, we talked about tithe a couple of weeks ago, and I want you to know this. Tithe rebukes the devourer and pours out a blessing from heaven, and that it opens the windows of heaven. It allows you to see. Tithe gives you vision... Tithe gives you vision and it rebukes the devil from stealing the seed of that vision. So, like for instance, when I stepped up here a couple weeks ago, under and you have to see how it works. In the anointing, I said, supernatural money come in from unexpected sources, right? Now, I felt the word of the Lord on it. I felt the anointing when I spoke it. That's why I remember it. I felt that power of God flowing when I spoke. That word spoken from heaven through a human mouth who's a part of the body of Christ broke open and allowed, and there was probably like 10 or 12 people that raised their hands. It brought it about supernaturally. The other day, one of the stories is Paul... Uh, they invited him to give a testimony about where he had had an accident and had recovered. This is, this is like a major worldly radio station. He walks in, he starts telling, well, you think he's going to go in there? He knows who he is in Christ. You think he's going to go in there and not talk about the goodness of God? 
Oh, he goes in there. He starts talking about the goodness of God. They're all sitting there getting teary-eyed. They're all like, man, the world needs to hear this. This is such a great testimony. We, we got to get him in front of people. He's going in there to give a testimony of... they. It, they, it was all worldly in their mind, but he goes in, he brings supernatural, and then they say, hey, we're, we're going to also give you some money for your time and your testimony. They just paid him to tell them about Jesus. Yeah. He's like, I didn't know they were going to do that. I didn't know they were going to do it. Unexpected. See, that supernatural opens it up. So this is why we need to come together and worship corporately. But it's also we worship even in our giving. And it's that supernatural. When God speaks and says, hey, I want you to give this. I, I want to, okay, thank you, Lord. I wasn't, I wasn't even thinking about this, but he brought it up as an example. So when we had Boomfest, I was talking to a guy. I was talking to somebody out at Boomfest. And while I was talking to him, uh, they were saying, my, and then it was like one of those conversations where you know Jesus is in the conversation, right? You know Jesus is in the conversation. And, and the Lord was touching. And they, and uh, I don't, I don't, they could be watching today. I don't know. It, only he could tell me. But he had shades on. But I got the sense that behind the shades, those eyes were watering. I got the sense the Lord was touching that heart right then in that moment. Well, in the middle of the conversation, we were talking about, I was talking about the goodness of God and something, and uh, not wrongly at all, he just made mention, he said, we, we got to talking about a watch or something, a, a nice watch. He said, yeah, I want to get my wife, she wants one of those Apple watches. He said, I just can't see, I just can't see paying $400 for a watch. On, that's hard for me to swallow kind of thing. As soon as he said that, y'all know what happened. Soon as he said that, I went. I felt the Lord go, you're supposed to buy that watch. You're supposed to not just buy it yourself, but facilitate it, right? You're supposed to facilitate that, getting that watch to him. And so I didn't have his contact information, and, uh, but I, I took that and I said, I think I heard from the Lord on that. But all right, Lord, do I tell him right now? No, don't tell him right now. And I said, okay, and the way I operate is I, in the flow, I'm just, I hand that back to the Lord. And I say, Lord, what do you want me to do with it? And uh, it kept coming back to me. Yes, do that, do that, do that. Well, this week it came up like three or four times. I said, okay, I don't know. I tried to reach out to him. I couldn't find him. I knew one way to get in touch with him. I was hoping it would get through. It did. He calls me. I said, hey, you remember when we were talking and, I, and you said this. I said, you don't owe me a thing. The Lord put this on my heart. I want to help facilitate getting this to you so that you can have it for your wife. Doesn't, you don't owe me anything. You never have to even say hi to me. I don't care. This is God's goodness pouring out on you. He said, okay. And uh, texted me back later. He said, I actually, he said, he said, you don't know. He said, I actually had already bought the, a watch for my wife but I had to take it back for financial reasons. And then you called. We're supposed to be walking in abundance for every good work. What I want you to see is in that anointing, in that anointing, that word will come. See, I was flowing in that anointing. Now, see, I'm believing God on, all right, Lord, how do we do that? I don't know. 
I don't know. If y'all want to be a part of it, you're welcome to. Just, just talk to me about it. You want to be a part of being that gift. That's up to you. It doesn't matter if you do or not. We're handling it. We're, we're going to make sure it's, it's already on the way. If you want to be a part of it, you're welcome to. But the point is, God, I don't, how did I know how it's going to be handled that day? I don't know. I just know that in the anointing, God will give you a word. Now the devourer will steal that word and all of a sudden now I don't have seed to plant. But in the offering, all of a sudden in the, in the tithe, he'll give you vision and rebuke the devourer from stealing an anointed word. Stealing the seed of the word. But in the offering abundance comes. I'm going to talk about that next week, about the offering and how to get in the right place for it. But in the offering, that's where your abundance comes. That's where your abundance comes. Most people don't know that. They think if, they're, if they tithe, that that's everything. But he didn't say we just robbed him in tithes. He said tithes and offerings. Why? Because God doesn't want you just being at your need level. He wants you in abundance for every good work. This is what the offering does. You can see that in 2 Corinthians 9. But you have to understand, and also in, we'll talk about this next week, in the offering, not everybody walks in the same harvest. Why? Because they want purpose in their heart to give what God would put on their heart. But God says, if you will become a giver, if you will take this very little thing of finances and you will turn your heart from being somebody who would steal the tithe and steal the offering and you will turn your heart and literally get excited about giving, he said, I will increase your harvest. I will bring you into the place of abundance and you'll have abundance for every good work. Let's say, will you come here, Chris? Just set your Bible down. Uh, let's say that, that Chris is right here and, and he's a farmer. Uh, your shirt, it almost looks like that. Amen. All right, Jared, come here re real quick. Let, let's say that uh, he also is a farmer. Man, look at y'all. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, all right. Let's say that both of them are farmers. But let's say that, that they, they both heard the word of God. But one of them has decided... I'm going to be a tither. I'm not stealing that from God. I'm not stealing my offerings either. I'm going to be a giver. And in his heart, he decided, I'll be a giver, right? But in the other one, they heard the same message like, gum preacher trying to steal my money. You, you can't smile if you say it. You go, doggone preacher trying to steal my money. It ain't got nothing to do with that. Not if the preacher's right. If his heart's right, it doesn't have anything to do with that. He's trying to get the blessing to the people. That's what Jesus was doing. Red letters. Trying to get the blessing to the people. Saying, look, graduate into some advanced Christian stuff. Get over 101. Let's go to 201, 301, 401. Let's move into the supernatural power of heaven. The kingdom of God. But if you don't get on top of money, it can't happen. It can't happen according to his word. But let's say they both heard the same word. One of them said, all right, Lord, I'm letting your word change me. One of them said, nah, that he, this, this one's looking not with eyes of faith as a child on a good and loving father. He's looking as a critic and what the world has taught him. No, I'm not doing that. Here's what the word says over in 2 Corinthians. It says he gives seed to the sower. So in other words, let's just pretend, all right, let's pretend this is a pile of seeds, right? 
He gives seed to the sower, right? So here's what happens. God looks by. He comes by and he says, oh, hey, there's a heart to give. Oh, there, there's not. He said, he said, there's a heart to give. He says, he's going to need seed. He's going to need seed. This is what the Bible said. Oh, he's going to need seed. Well, here, there's some seed. Glory to God. And what's the person, when their heart is given, they're not just going to, they're not just going to be like, oh, look, mine. No, they're going to say, Lord, what's this for? What's this for? Just yesterday, I had some money put in my hand. I said, I, it was unexpected. This was another story. Golly. And, and uh, it was for unexpected money put in my hand yesterday. I said, Lord, what's this for? He says, for that watch. I said, Amen. Glory to God. I, see, I had set my heart to give it, and all of a sudden, unexpectedly, seed was put in my hand. But God says, look, if your heart's not there, he's going to say, hey, he's like, he's like, Lord, just bless me. Hold your hand out. But I ain't giving to that preacher who's trying to steal my money. <laughs> Did I pick? You got the joy on you. It's hard to go backwards. I understand. And so he's sitting there, and God says, if I gave it to him, he wouldn't plant it. Why would I give it to him when this guy will plant it? God, you, we think that God is, is a socialist. He's not. Socialism is not of God. He says, look, to whom the one who has a lot, take the one who has a little and give it to him. God, God's capitalist. He is looking for production, and God is a good investor. Oh, I'm going to give of the kingdom substance to somebody who won't give it and won't plant it? No, I'm going to give it to the one who will plant it. And listen, he'll give it to the one outside of his normal budget. It doesn't say he'll t the, the one who becomes a giver in his heart well, I'll just I'll I'll teach him how to pull out of his budget so now he has less. That's not what God says. He says, I will give him the seed. Yeah. Now see, if they're both farmers, it comes around springtime and both of them need seed. God's given seed to him over and above what he already had in his budget. This one's got to pull out of his budget. He's already at a deficit before he begins. This one's never at a deficit. He's only moving towards abundance. But this seed is what we determine to be givers in our heart. All right, Lord, this is not the tithe. The tithe is already God's and we either return it or steal it. We're either obedient or disobedient. It's not for us to do anything but decide, do I trust God and do I trust him at his word that this is his? His, but seed is only offering, and in the offering you move to abundance. But we've got a purpose in our heart. But if we sit there, and, and God says this, remember our very first verse. He gives seed to the sower, and the first verse says, this is a very little thing. I can tell you from experience, you get up in, in churches, and all of a sudden you start to preach. You get up in churches and you start to preach. You get up in churches, you start to preach about money. All of a sudden, it's like, whoosh, close, you know, close the gates, close the door. Not, don't let, I'm not listening right here. Just get to your message, preacher. Why? Because all of a sudden, they don't have 101 accomplished yet. They don't have it accomplished yet. They don't have it. 
Bless you. So we've got a whole church in America, the majority, hadn't moved past 101. How in the world are they moving in the power of God? Not going to happen. How are they going to have the ability to stand up and say, supernatural finances come in now? It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Because we've, we've got to decide what kind of farmer are we? One who will sow and give to the kingdom? Or one who's going to be stingy and say, nah, nah, nah. And with, not with eyes of childlike faith towards God, but eyes of criticism that the world has taught us like, like stingy adults. The word says this, when you come to me with faith as a child, you will receive the kingdom of God or the domain, the rule of God in our lives, in our homes, in our finances. So we've got to become like children. Says, Lord, I see you. It's not, it's not got to do with, with necessarily what all being said up there. I'm giving to you. I'm giving to you. Now, I am going to talk about different places where you put your money. That's important. In other words, if he took seed and he planted it in this one, uh, one field and all the minerals have been stripped out of it, it's not as good. But he plants the same seed in a field that's got plenty of minerals in it, it's going to spring up a great harvest and a great crop. What's the ones with the right nutrition? The ones who are walking in the fruit. If you're walking in fruit, that's a good field. If you went by two different fields and you were looking to buy one as a farmer and one had a bunch of trees in it and it had no fruit on it, maybe some leaves, maybe it looked like it was a good field, but there ain't one fruit hanging on that tree. And you went by the second field and that thing, that thing is full with trees. I mean fruit just hanging down all over, dragging, dragging the limbs to the ground. Which one would you buy as a farmer? Which one would you invest your seed into? You want somebody, a church and a ministry that is winning souls. You want them moving in power, supernatural, anointed words. You want them moving in revelation. Amen? Amen. Let me see that. Glory to God. Here. That's for you. That's for you. That's for you. That's for you. Hand me that too fast. I got me a dollar to keep for myself. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank y'all. Hallelujah. Thank you for being that. <laughs> Unexpected money. I didn't mean to be self-fulfilling prophecy, but glory to God. Amen. More. Lord, this is our offering. This is our worship to you. We're believing that you will move us beyond the norm. Lord, again, supernatural overflow. Father, you desire that your people graduate out of 101, and they move into the true riches of the kingdom. Lord, we're looking for a, a soil that bears much fruit. A soil that bears much fruit. A soil. And Lord, we're not stealing our tithes and offerings from you. Lord, tithe is 10% of our increase, brought into the storehouse. Our offering, Lord, that's where we choose to be a giver. And that's where God says, I pour on the multiplication of the seed sown. I pour on the multiplication of the seed sown. So, Lord, we're not just tithers, but we're givers. We give offerings. We sow seed into the kingdom of God. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. We worship you. Just stand on your feet. Lord, right now, we thank you. We believe in you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for our offering, Lord. We, this is a part of our worship. Father, 
not only do we worship you, Lord, but we don't plant seed without going back and harvesting fruit. Lord, by faith, we harvest it. When we plant the seed, we're believing that God will turn the seed into a fruitful harvest in our lives. Lord, whatever it is we need the harvest of, Lord, let it be. Father, I'm believing on behalf of the people. Lord, as a good shepherd, Lord, bring them into the fields. Bring them into green fields so full of good food and good seed, Lord, that they lie down in green pastures. Lord, let them eat well. Let them be the blessed. Let it be a breakthrough of supernatural increase. Lord, we've had a stream. Lord, crack that dam of your blessings open. Crack it open and pour out. Open the floodgates in Jesus' name. Lord, shoot that water of your blessing out. Lord, send it out. 20, 30, 40, 100 yards, Lord. Let it bowl us over with your goodness in the name of Jesus. Father, we've got things to do in your kingdom. And this is fruitful soil. Father, we thank you for it. We praise you for it. And we expect great and mighty things. Not only as we give to you in our tithes, but also in our offerings. Thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now as you come up here and you put that in the basket, put it in with faith. Things are changing today. Amen. You can bring it up. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, let it be blessed. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto their bosom. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Lord, thank you for increase. Lord, you are not a God who looks and watches your people give, but you are a rewarder. Oh, glory to God. Father, your character, you are a rewarder of them who diligently seek you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, let it be blessed. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No well. You may be seated. Man, I got to get this message out. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We got all the people went and let me go use the bathroom while I can. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Father, this is a time where you're bringing increase. Bringing increase, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. You're bringing increase. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Just turn to this scripture, Hebrews 11, 3, and then we'll go to verse 6. Thank you, Father. Hebrews 11, 3, and then we'll go to verse 6. <laughs> now in verse 1, it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Another word for that is faith is the support of things hoped for. In other words, the things hoped for are spiritual things. The things hoped for are spiritual things. The things hoped for are spiritual things. The promises of God, the promises of God, the character of God, the nature of God. The things hoped for are spiritual things. It says faith is the support of those things. Who wants to see the promises of God, the character of God, and the nature of God overflow in their lives? In order to move there, you've got to put faith on His promises, on His character, on His nature. We just had a great example of that in the offering. I'm putting faith on what your word says. I'm putting faith on what your word says. Well, then when we put faith, and faith without works is dead, so you can say you want, you want to be blessed financially all you want to, but until you put works to what you say you want and believe, you're not going to have it because faith is the support. Without faith, the promise falls to the ground. Faith supports it, right? Faith supports it. So we have to see that Faith will uphold that promise. It'll make it come to pass. We also know that faith worketh by love. So we don't just move into something because it's a good idea or because somebody told us that we should. Love keeps the commandment of God. So love, faith, and hope, they all work together. And without one of them, we don't see the manifestation. Okay? Does that make sense to you? Without love... It doesn't support faith, which doesn't support hope. Without faith, it doesn't support hope. And without hope, there's nothing to manifest. Do you have the picture of the triangle? Um, the, the faith, hope, and love, just so you can see that visually. You know what I'm talking about back there? Give me a thumbs up. Awesome. Just put that up as soon as you have it. Faith worketh by love, or is empowered by love. Faith supports hope. Hope is the spiritual thing that is the promise of God, the nature of God, or the character of God. Without love, faith and hope fall to the ground. Without faith, hope falls to the ground. Without hope, hope is the very thing that's manifested. It's the promise that's manifested. Without hope, faith and, faith and love just sit there by itself and stare at each other. Hey, how you doing? Good, I'm all right. How are you? I wish we had something to manifest. So hope is that joyful, confident expectation. So if you don't get into joy, don't get into confidence, don't get into expectation, what is there for faith and hope or faith and love to manifest? Nothing. So we can say that we're in faith, uh, and you can be in faith but not be in joy or confidence or expectation, and you might be in faith but nothing's going to manifest. We've got to find a way to get into joy. 
in prayer this morning. Man, the joy hit prayer this morning, right? The joy hit prayer. Right? Well, that's good because now you've got something that will manifest. You, I've got confidence. I've got expectation. So faith, hope, and love, they work together. Now, let's look at verse 3. It says, By faith we know that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which weren't seen were not made out of things which were visible. Let me read it. I was paraphrasing by my own recollection. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the Word of God. In the King James it says framed. Framed by the Word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. God's looking to increase you. How's He going to increase you? He's going to take something unseen, a promise, a character, a nature of God, and He's going to, by faith, frame it, support it and turn it from the unseen in the, in the spiritual and turn it into the physical. He's going to take something, a promise, his character and nature. Don't you know it's God who gives you the power to get wealth. That wealth at this moment is unseen maybe in your life. But God has given us a promise. He gives me a power to get wealth. He gives me a power to get wealth. So then he can take a promise like that and then when I put faith to it, faith in action, faith without works is dead, I'll sow a seed. He'll open up a word. He'll say, hey, supernatural blessings come in, unexpected money. He'll open up a word and you'll receive it. Now you might not have received yet, yet, yet from that word, but you still can. You still can. You might not have received yet, but hey, that doesn't, that doesn't mean, oh, well, they received it. What, did God put a time limit on? No, that's, a, that's an ongoing, that's a supernatural word. That's a supernatural word. It's still working. In that same moment, the word comes in. While I was preaching, God's given ideas. He's showing you what to do. He's giving you supernatural plans. What's happening? He's taken an unseen, unmanifested promise. And when you apply faith and, and trust God in that, it starts to bring what is unseen into the scene. Yeah. This is what happened when he said, light be. He took what was unseen, faith, faith speaks. Remember that word, make your way successful. Joshua 1.8, meditate on my word or keep this law, the word of the law in your mouth. Meditate on it, murmur it, speak. Faith speaks, Romans 10, 9 and 10, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Uh, Mark chapter 11, around verse 20 through 20, 26, it says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, don't doubt. This is the way of faith, this is God's way of faith. Speak it, believe it in your heart. And so when we take a promise of God and we start to confess it and believe in our heart and belief in our heart is going to translate into action. In other words, we can say that we believe all day, but if we don't take action on it, we've not fulfilled the very little thing. But when we'll do that, all of a sudden, God will say, I'm going to take my promise that I give them the power to get wealth, and I'm going to manifest that thing. It's going to turn. Yeah. It's, gonna, it's yeah. unseen in their life right now, yeah. but it's about to turn up. Woo! And yeah. all of a sudden, it manifests. Amen. Things change. Yeah. 
favor comes. An idea is given right in the middle of a service. Verse 6. Pastor Brian's shortest message ever. <laughs> Not exactly true. I did have Saturday seconds. Here's, here's my shortest message ever. Ready for it? Here it is. Jesus. Jesus. There you go. Verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. It's impossible. I've heard people say, well, I don't, I don't know about this faith stuff and these faith people. Oh, so you like making God angry. Oh, you don't like making God happy. You don't like pleasing him. Sounds to me like you don't love him. Well, I don't know about these. Well, listen, you might have seen some people take some things and do some wrong things with it, but that don't mean that faith is bad. Right. Or faith people's bad. Right. The Bible tells us different. Yeah. Tells us different. Yeah. He says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Who in here wants to please God? If you want to please God, give me a hallelujah. hallelujah. I want to please him. But God says, I don't leave you there. But listen, I want, you got to understand that without faith, it's impossible to please him. Put it back up. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that believes must, he who comes to God, must believe. Say that with me. Must. Must believe. Must believe what? That he is. He's what? Oh, the Lord left it right there. He is. He is. They must believe that he is. I need help. I need help with healing in, in my family. He is. I need help to, to overflow in my, fam, in my finances. He is. And what did he tell Moses? I am. Who do I tell them sent me? Tell them I am that I am sent you. What do we need? He is. Not just he was. He is. Existent at all times. The solution and the answer to everything that you need. Everything you want. Everything you desire. He is. The shortest message. Jesus. He is. He is. He is. They must see... Without faith, it's impossible to please him. If I don't believe that he is, and he is the solution to anything I'll ever face, I'm not pleasing him because I'm not believing what he said he was. And the biggest trouble that I've had in the church over 11 years, in January, we'll be 11 years old. Boomerang Blue Day. We'll, have, we'll celebrate 11 days. Boomerang Blue Day. Jan, I think it's January the 10th is Sunday. Is that right? Or maybe not. Tell me what that. Oh, yeah. Yep. So on January 12th, we'll celebrate 11 years. Our first, our first service ever. January 9th, 2000, or excuse me, January 11th, 2009. That's why I flip flopped. January 11th, 2009. 
will be 11 years old. It'll be like a spirit day in here. We've had boomerang blue days before. Most of y'all have seen that. Wear your boomerang blue on that day. We have people do face paint, hair color, everything. Just, just go all out like spirit day at school. We're going to celebrate 11. It's going to be fun. Just have a good time. Amen. January 12th, we'll have that this year. Celebrate 11 years. One of the things is that we must believe that he is, and in those 11 years, here's the one thing that I've seen when we're trying to get some good things to people, trying to get good things to people. They'll be in the middle of it, and I'll be telling them about the goodness of God, and here's what almost always people have come back with. Yeah, but, but here's what my situation is. Like their situation, no matter what comes out of their mouth next, is bigger than God. Sorry, ain't going to happen. It doesn't really matter about the details of your situation. What matters is the details of God. He's a good God. He loves you, and in Him is all of our life. In Him is all of our motion. In Him is everything that needs to be is in Him. They must believe that He is, and if they won't believe that He is, then they're not operating in faith, and they're not pleasing. But here's the other thing that they have to believe about God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And him that come, he that comes to God must believe that He is, and He is a rewarder. Well, I just don't believe in doing all this stuff so that God will reward you. That's what he said. See, humility is not what the world has taught you humility is. Humility is looking at the word and saying, Lord, I humble myself to you. That's what he said. And without seeing that and understanding that, you're not operating in faith. It's not pleasing to God. You've got to understand that he's a rewarder. That doesn't mean that we necessarily seek the reward first all the time. It's not first. He's first. We seek him, we'll have all of that stuff. But when we seek him, when we diligently seek him, in the King James it says, when we diligently seek him, listen, he is. Here's his character. Here's the thing to put your hope on. Here's his nature. Here's his makeup. He's a rewarder. He is the solution for everything you need. And he's a rewarder. When I go after him like a child, he is a rewarder. It's who he is. Whether it be I seek him, in my offering and tithes, whether I seek him with my faith, whether I seek him in the word, whether I seek him on my knees in prayer, on my feet in worship, when I seek him, here's the character and nature of God. We got a good one. The best of the best. He's a loving father and he's a rewarder. He's a rewarder. What I want to invite you to do today is I want you to seek him. I want us to sing that song one more time, Noel. And as we sing this song, I want you to seek him. Come up to the altar if you want to. If you want prayer, come up here. I'm going to pray for everybody that's up here. And I want you to know that as I pray for you, Because you're seeking him, he's going to reward. Because you're seeking him with your heart, 
He's going to reward. It's who he is. And come up with hope, with expectation, joy, and confidence that he's going to meet you right here. He might meet you before I, I get to lay my hands on you. He might meet you before that. You might step up here and step into the anointing, and the anointing just overflows you. But he is a rewarder. It's who he is. He's a rewarder. He's a rewarder. Just stand on your feet and let's get ready to worship. Noel means this. It's become synonymous with Christmas. But it originally talked about, a, it's like a French word that talks about the birth. This was the birth. This was Christmas. This was the mass for the birth of Christ. Noel. And just close your eyes right now as we start to worship to this song. Just close your eyes and just start seeking Him. Seeking Him with your heart. And as you seek Him, what's happening is the things and the promises of God are being drawn out of the supernatural, out of the spiritual, and they're manifesting right now in your life. The solutions that you need, the leading that you need, the guidance that you need, the help that you need, the finances that you need, the, the help, the, the knowledge that you need, the healing, all of these things, the restoration in your mind, the restoration in, in your marriage, all of the things that you need, it's right here. But don't you stand back and not seek them. Set your heart right now to seek them. Go ahead and start playing that. Thank you, Father. Right now, Father, we seek you. Thank you, Father.